Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Rosa Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. Hi, sis. How you doing, girl? So I am super excited about this week's episode in that I know that I talked to y'all briefly last week about some new content that will be coming your way with the podcast as it relates to therapy. I'm going to be providing a lot more information on therapy. And I really was thinking about this other day as I was just kind of looking at a lot of the growth that has happened through the podcast. And I thought to myself, I do talk a lot about me. And I talk a lot about my experience with my healing journey. But I really realized I haven't given y'all a lot of information as it relates to starting therapy, how to create goals in therapy, how to practically deal with prioritizing God throughout this process, and also really dealing with you know, very specific things as it relates to anxiety, depression, communication issues, singleness, family, how to go through counseling as the person in your family who is breaking generational curses, who is the one that is changing the trajectory of your generation and really starting fresh when your family is the one that caused a lot of the stuff that has happened from their own personal traumas. And them never dealing with it, how to deal with resentment and relationships, just all these different things. And I think that those topics are very important to talk about because they're real. And I don't want to, especially on my podcast, create this persona that, you know, God is not involved in those things, that because we go through those very challenging situations or the reality of just dealing with what it looks like as a young woman or man, if there's men that listen to this, that deal with real life struggles and understanding that, yes, God is a part of all those things. And yes, they impact our mental health. Because what we don't recognize is that a lot of times in the Bible, God always talked about the mind. He talked about wisdom. He talked about knowledge. He talked about stewarding your mental space and stewarding your heart, which is very close to the way we deal with stuff, the way we talk to people, the way we handle situations. And so for those of you who are new to the podcast, I appreciate you listening. So I want to provide you some basic foundation things over the next couple of weeks to kind of set the tone for those of you who have not chosen to go to counseling for whatever reason at all. 
is definitely a choice. It's definitely something that is not necessary for everybody. But for those of you that choose to go, as someone who has been in counseling, not only for one year, but I've been in counseling for now going on three years, it has changed my life. It has changed the way that I have seen myself. It has changed the way I have seen God. It has healed a lot of spaces that I probably would have never even thought of. And I actually didn't tell y'all this, but a lot of you know that I don't have the best relationship with my dad. Um, And pretty much since having my son, we've rekindled our relationship a little. And it's very slow, very, very slow. And I do recognize that I'm guarding my heart some. But just to even think three or four years ago that I would be communicating with him sort of on a biweekly basis, more than just one text per year on my birthday is like where we had landed. And so just to think of the progression of time of things that I know I used to tell myself, I'd never do, I'd never do that. It has caused a benefit. And so what I want to provide for you all over the next couple of weeks is just some baseline things as it relates to therapy. But also I really want to get into what does it look like to be someone who broke generational curses? What does it practically look like to deal with anxiety? What does it practically look like to manage your time? What does it practically look like to deal with communication issues in a relationship? What does it practically look like for all of these things? And so I want to provide that. I have so many amazing opportunities to work with me one-on-one and in group settings coming down the pipeline this year. And so I really want you all to take advantage of that. But we're going to get into the episode because I know I've talked for a little time, but I wanted to give that intro as a means to just prep you for what's ahead to come, but also just give the new people that are first listening to this podcast an opportunity to know what's ahead. And so if you are new, definitely binge the episodes. I have so much information in the last two years that I've been podcasting. You'll learn about me. You'll learn about a lot about what I've gone through but also you'll really get to see the growth that occurs when you really surrender your heart to God in this way. It doesn't look the same for everybody. It doesn't look, there are some people who spend years in counseling and there is nothing wrong with that. I think we sometimes overjudge people for getting extended help because we think, oh, I didn't have to do that. So I must be a better Christian. And like, I really just want to say, sis, you have to get off a pedestal. There's nothing that one person does this more than this person that God sees differently. And I think that God loves us the same and he wants to love on us through this process. And so I definitely think that as someone who has been in therapy for three years, there's no equal way to deal with your mental health. And so I just want to provide this space as a open space and a place to have conversation. So let's get into the episode. I really want to talk about some basic hesitancies as to why people don't go to counseling. I kind of talked about that in the intro, but I really want to give like three specific reasons as to what could be holding somebody back from counseling. So we're going to talk about three myths of therapy. The first one is also two. These are things that I've heard from people as to why they don't go to counseling. And part of the reason I'm delving into this is because these are very real things. And I don't think unless you've experienced therapy or experienced counseling with someone who is 
very skilled in what they do, you have a hard time understanding why somebody would go to someone every week and share their story or go to someone on a biweekly or monthly basis to really deal with it. And counseling is not a short-term, well, it can be short-term benefit, but there are some long-term benefits of seeking counseling. And so these are some of the common things I've heard from people as to why they don't go. So the first one is therapy is for crazy people. And I know that there can be a real big stigma in the Black community as to why people don't take the step to go to counseling. But one of the biggest benefits of going to therapy is that you don't have to be suffering from mental illness to go see someone. And when I say suffering with mental illness, I'm talking about where it drives you to have to take medication or be hospitalized for a suicide attempt or dealing with something related as serious as like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, or not saying even those disorders are equal to other things, but ongoing mental health challenges that require you to see a psychiatrist, that require you to have long-term counseling. You don't have to be suffering with that to go seek help. The benefit of counseling is that you can really, really deal with some basic things in a short-term way. I know people who have gone to counseling for three months and have had their lives changed because of it. And the beautiful thing about therapy is that therapists actually help you manage normal emotions. So you might struggle with anger and you're like, I'm always angry and I don't know why. You might struggle with resentment or in your relationships, you have this built up resentment towards someone and you just often shut down where you don't share your feelings and you find that in your relationships, you struggle with opening up because you're so guarded and you don't know why. Those are things that counselors can help you with. Job stress navigating parenting, navigating relationships with your parents as adults. These are basic things that a counselor can help you deal with. And it's not necessarily for crazy people. A lot of times, most of the things that counselors deal with are the basic emotions that humans deal with. Fear, stress, rejection, anxiety, worry, All of these things, self-sabotage, all of these things are things that counselors can help you delve into as to why it doesn't necessarily have to be you dealing with an ongoing mental health challenge. Now, in counseling, as you deal with stuff, you will probably uncover emotions or trauma or things that you have dealt with, but it's always under the discretion of what you really want to deal with. A therapist is not going to make you talk about something you don't want to. They're not going to force something out of you. And it's not in the sense of if you decide that you don't want to talk about that, it's up to you to decide. And as someone who is a mental health professional, in counseling, your therapist should always co-currently create goals with you. It is your counseling. It is your healing. It is your time. It should not be forced that you work on parenting if you came into counseling wanting to work on your relationship with your spouse. Now, in relationship with your spouse, if you all have children and parenting becomes, and you find that through talking to your counselor, that parenting is a problem, then that is something you can delve into, but that may not be the main issue. It really may be communication, so on and so forth. 
And so understanding that is important, that it's not just for quote unquote crazy people. And let me preface to say, we have to get out of the mindset of thinking that challenges people have is labeling them as crazy because it's not. We have no idea the things that people have dealt with. We have no idea the story or the trauma somebody might have dealt with that might have impacted their life. And so to label someone as crazy puts us in a place of, again, being on this pedestal that we don't have to be on and really understanding the compassion that God has for each and every child that he has is super important to know. So please understand that it's not for crazy people. It's really for everyone. There's no limit to what you can talk about. And again, specific therapists specialize in specific things. So some may specialize in relationships. Some may specialize in mommyhood. Some may specialize in anxiety and trauma. There's so many facets to all of this, which I'll talk about in a minute. The second thing as to why people don't go to counseling is the therapist will tell my business. So in saying this to say, as a mental health professional, we are legally bound. So what happens is when we receive a license in doing this, just as a doctor takes an oath where they will do what they're supposed to, I don't know the oath says, so forgive me, girl, but as a doctor will take an oath to say he will do what he has to do for his patients. Same thing with us. We are legally bound to confidentiality. Now, there are some parameters with confidentiality that we are required by law to report. But, and this goes the same thing for, like, as I'm talking about this, this goes the same thing for doctors and other people. Because if you go into a doctor's office and say the exact things I'm going to say, they are legally bound to report that. So as it comes to a therapist will tell my business, we are legally bound by law to not share anything. The same thing that is covered under HIPAA, we are bound by confidentiality, which basically means that your information is confidential. We are not allowed to share your information with anybody else without your consent. There are three reasons as to where there would be a report that has to be made or the or confidentiality has to be broken. And that is if you want to hurt yourself, you want to hurt someone else, or there is an issue of child abuse. In that case, those are the three parameters as to where confidentiality will be broken. And with those three parameters, those are all areas of safety. If you want to hurt yourself, then that means you're not able to be by yourself. You potentially want to harm yourself that's an area to be reported. If you want to hurt someone else, if you are saying you want to intent, like have intent to hurt someone else, that means you are at a place of not being safe. If there is an issue with child abuse where a child is being physically, emotionally, I don't even think it's emotional. I think it's physical abuse or neglect. That is a point where that is safety. And that means that that person could be in harm's way. And that has to be reported. Besides those three parameters, every bit of your information is kept with the therapist and they cannot go share without your consent. So if my husband wanted to call my therapist and find out what we talked about in my session, he, my therapist could not release that information. Now, if I give consent for her to do so, then the, at that point she can share, but it's only under the conditions of consent. 
So with that being said, you have free reign to tell your therapist anything you want. There have been times I told my therapist, girl, I had a dream about an ex. And she was like, oh, for real? Yeah. Like I've told her stuff that I wouldn't necessarily tell people. And when I told her about the dream about the ex, it was really like, girl, I don't know why I had that dream. But just bringing that up where I probably wouldn't say that to a regular person, those things are important to know that there's free reign for you to say anything. That's free reign to say if you've cheated. It's free reign to say if you struggle with pornography. It's free reign to say all of these things. And let me preface to say this. There is power in your confession. God is with you when you are in those sessions. I always tell my counselor that I don't think that she understands how much Holy Spirit is led by her. Like he leads our sessions with her. And I credit God so much to my ability to be open with her because I don't think I've ever been that trusting, but also the ability to confess out of my mouth things that I've been afraid to say, things that where I get annoyed with my mom or my husband may frustrate me or I'm very, when I was going through my pregnancy, I talked about just the fear I had of being a mom and struggling in my relationship with God. There were times I told her, I said, I don't even know how to believe and trust God because of this, 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 this. As that someone who is super in love with God, having that space to feel safe, to talk about it, is so important. And so to hear someone say the therapist will tell my business as a means to not go to counseling and that's a hesitancy, it's very understandable. But understand that legally they're bound to not tell your business. And it's super important to know that there you have free reign to say whatever you need to say for your own personal healing. The third reason as to why someone might be hesitant to go to counseling is that they look at therapy as a sign of weakness. And so this is the one that I really want to delve into. And I'm going to try not to go on a super long tangent. But as a Christian Black woman, as someone who has every, like, in the eyes of America, has everything stacked up against them, being a woman, being Black, being a Christian, being someone who is educated and works really hard, the things that we as Black people come up against, and I won't even say because I know I have other races that listen to this, but there is such a deficit at sometimes where we're put in a place of we have to show ourselves or show up in a different way that it's hard and you're tired and you need help. And so I don't always want to be superwoman, sis. In fact, I don't ever want to be superwoman. I want to be myself. And if myself is tired, then self doesn't need to show up. Now, that doesn't mean that in history and in my own growing up that as a black woman, I still have to show up even when I'm tired or even when I feel weak. Me asking for help and assistance with stuff that I struggle with or that I deem as challenging doesn't make me weak. And I think that we oftentimes look at people who prioritize themselves as, oh, you're doing too much. Or, 
owe you you doing the most by going to do this, 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 or put boundaries in place as why you got to be mean or why you got to be like that. And here's the thing, like none of this is weakness. And I really even want to take it a step further and say as Christians, we don't need to look at the fact that we're prioritizing our mental health as weak or that we lack faith. Like I know people say, pray about it. Prayer is so vital to your life. Prayer is essential to your life, especially as a Christian. However, there are often times where you're so weak mentally, emotionally, you don't even have the words to pray. This is why Paul said, bear your burdens with your brethren. Because sometimes you're so weak, you need other people to carry the load to help you. Pray for each other is what he said. Bear each other's burdens. This is also why he said that sometimes you don't even know what to pray, that the spirit of God will make utterances for you. Because sometimes in our humanness, we are so weak. This is also why Paul said, When God had gave him the thorn in Romans, he said, in your weakness, I am strong. But sometimes we're so weak, we don't recognize that we need assistance and that going to seek help is strength. So therapy and going to counseling is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength and courage because it takes courage to ask for help. It takes courage for people to ask God for help. You know why? Because it takes them stepping out of their prideful state to be humble before the God of everything, the King of kings and Lord of lords, to sit there and say, Father, I need you. How humble do you have to be to ask someone that I need help? How humble do you have to be to ask someone you've never met, never seen for assistance? And to do it in a way where you recognize that me asking is saying, I really need help. So to say that it's weak for someone to go seek counseling is prideful and just period. I'm just going to say it, period. And here's another thing, and I'm going to add it on top. You don't even have to always go see your pastor. If you feel like you want to do that, perfectly fine, sis. Nothing is wrong. That's why pastors are there. Pastoral care is there. They counsel. But if you want to see someone outside of your church Who says you can't? We can't, we don't have to continue to be bound to these things and saying, oh, I only only need to go see my pastor. You have the choice and the permission to see somebody outside of church because there might be something that you want to work on that you may not want your pastor to know. You may not want somebody in your congregation to know. You have the permission to have that privacy. And who can hold you to that? No one. As long as you're doing it with an open heart to know that you're getting help, who can say that you can't do this? And so we put so much pressure on other people to say that it's a sign of weakness to go seek help, but it takes courage. And it takes so much strength to go seek someone that it should not be considered weak to prioritize your mental health. It should not be considered weak to prioritize your mental space that oftentimes is so attacked by the enemy. 
This is like our mental space is probably one of the top areas that the enemy attacks with fear, with judgment, with shame, with guilt, with resentment, with anger. This is why God always talks about the fruits of the spirit, the fruits of the spirit, which is patience, kindness, gentleness. How do we get to gentleness when we're always angry? You got to deal with the root of anger. And the root of anger could be trauma. It could be all these things. And then to know that there's grace to be gentle. Now, you may be someone who is extremely bold and you might be someone who is extremely blunt and you just say, but that doesn't mean you can't be gentle. That doesn't mean you can't be kind. And so let God change you. There's a scripture and I'm going to find it really quickly. And the reason I want to bring up this scripture is because, again, we oftentimes look at God as if it's our responsibility to do these things. And I just want to say that you cannot do anything without the Father. You can't. I just want to say, like, you will be in your humanness, carnal, most fleshly nature without the Father. And I say this all the time, rising in her flesh is not a nice person. She's off the chain. Actually, I really think that I am the person that is just not it. <laughs> when I'm in my flesh. But when I'm walking with God continuously and I let the spirit of God lead me and I allow God into my life, my heart is changed. So this is what I'm going to read. I'm going to read Romans 12, 1 and 2. Now I'm reading in the New Living Translation and I'm going to preface to say that I'm going to explain this a little bit deeper. This scripture has been heard so many times, but I really want to break this down. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So I'm going to break the scripture down. First of all, it says, Paul is saying, I plead with you. So he is saying, I'm begging you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. So Paul is basically saying, look, I'm begging you. I know what it is like to struggle, but I'm begging you, give your life to God. Why? Because of all the things he's done for you and let it be a living sacrifice, the kind that is acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So Paul is basically saying, give your entire self to God, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter how bad you dealt with this is, no matter what you did, give it to God, period. And this is why, why would Paul say, give your entire body not even just your body, but your mind. Because here's the thing. It's not just about sex. Like I think people look at this scripture and associate it with your body is sex. No, it's like way more than that. You do more with your body than just have sex. It's like you don't have sex all day. Like you text, you think, you do, you create, you cook, you clean. Like all these things you do with your body is more than just sex. Like I really just want that to be like, 
press that into your mind that it's not just about sex. It's about giving your entire self to God for this reason. Do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. When we give ourselves to God fully and we're offering this as a sacrifice, the following statement that Paul says is this, don't copy the people in this world. Change the way you do things and give yourself to God because he will then transform you. So we think of it backwards. We want to transform before we come to the Father. We want to be these perfect people instead of being weak before him and being completely naked and completely vulnerable, and completely ourselves. We want to be resentment free and super perfect and not curse and not struggle with whatever. We want to be these perfect people and then come to God and be before him. But that's not the people that came to Christ. The people that came to Christ were struggling with managing their money, healing, judging people. The disciples themselves, Peter was turned up. Okay. Like this man was going off on people. Like those were the people that were coming to God. Do y'all know like all the people in the Bible were turned? Like David cheated on, no, he committed adultery and then killed the husband. And God said he was a man after his own heart. Like the people in the Bible was lit. Okay. It was real lit. So when the Bible is saying, come to God and let him transform you into a new person. And this is the preface I want to say, by changing the way you think, how are you able to change the way you think when you don't even deal with your thoughts? How are you able to change the way you think when you don't even deal with your mental space? How are you able to change the way you think when you hold all of this in and your body is impacted with trauma because you won't take the time to deal with it? And it doesn't even have to be in counseling. It can be just in general. A lot of times we just shut down completely because we don't want to deal with stuff because dealing with stuff hurts. And so then we continue to do stuff like smoke weed or drink or do these other things out of trying to cope. And I'm not sitting up here judging somebody that smokes weed. That's not what I'm saying. It's this is we're using these coping mechanisms to not further deal with the problem. And that's just not healthy. And so if you're someone who does smoke, I mean, sis, you do what you got to do. But like at the same time, what I'm trying to say is deal with the problem, deal with the issue, deal with what is happening that's causing you to go to these other coping mechanisms. That's causing you to be in continuous settled relationships. That's causing you to be in places where you binge on food because you're trying to deal with something emotionally. And so instead of dealing with emotion, you emotionally eat. Like all of these factors play into this. And to say that God is not a part of those things would be making him out to be a liar. Because the enemy would want more than anything than to blind you and to make you think that he is not, that God is not in those issues, that God is not a part of those issues, that God doesn't want to help you with those issues. That would be making him a lie. Why? Because Paul says, give your entire body to God. So again, I say, why would God not be a part of those things that we deal with on a daily basis? Because the scripture is way more than just sex. Like I just had to say it. 
And so the reason why Paul is saying don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, because the world will make you think that everything that is shown on Instagram is what you should do to be successful. Everything that's shown on social media is the thing you have to do to get into a relationship. Everything that you have, you get to slide in somebody's DMs. You probably have to slide in somebody. I mean, I know people who have slid in people's DMs and gotten married and they're in good marriages, but just saying like the world will say that you got to do all of this to do what you got to do. It says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then when God transforms your thinking, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So by changing the way you think and dealing with your mental space, you then are able to learn and be clear and be at a place where you can then deal with what's God's will for you, what's good. What's pleasing? You have a better sense of gratitude. You have a better sense of understanding of the Father's love of you. You have a better understanding of the way he desires to help you. You have a better understanding of what it means to walk in faith, what it means to have no fear, what it means to be bold, what it means to put boundaries in place, what it means to self-care, what it means to not have guilt, what it means to not be shameful before the Father but be completely naked and unashamed before him. When you're able to be transformed by God, that's what the Bible is saying, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what this scripture is saying in a different translation. It's to let God transform you, not you transform for God. And so with that being said, and to tie all this together, going back to the points, the first one being therapy is for crazy people. These are all reasons why people don't go to counseling. But let me preface that first. Therapy is for crazy people. The therapist will tell your business and therapy is a sign of weakness. All of these are not reasons why you should not go. You have permission, sis. Let me give you permission. Let this be your sign. You have permission to choose whatever you need to choose for yourself, for your mental space, to do what you got to do to walk into the fullness of who you are called to be in God. And if that means for you to go to counseling, do it. Make the choice. You have permission. So I just wanted to provide that. And I pray that that was helpful to you, sis. So, and to say that, I want to also let you all know that coming up, actually, I have it literally pulled up on my computer. On March 28th, I will be doing a webinar on how to find a therapist. It's called the Help Me Find a Therapist webinar. If you go to the link in the description, you are able to sign up. I am super excited because I actually taught this webinar two times in 2019 and I have not brought it back since. And I get the question at least once a week, at least whether it's on Instagram or somebody texts me on says, how do I find a therapist? How do I find a black therapist? How do I find a Christian therapist? How do I pay for therapy? Where do I start? What questions do I need to ask the therapist when I see them? For the first time, what do I need to expect from counseling? How do I create goals for counseling? How do I start to deal with these things? How do I stay in counseling when it's hard? All of these questions you have, I'm going to help you in this webinar. I'm going to help you find a therapist with your insurance, how you can find a therapist if you don't have insurance, if you need to pay out of pocket, if you're looking for someone in your area, if you want to do 
virtual counseling? What does that look like? If you want to do in-person counseling, what does that look like? And how you can take each step finding a therapist in all of those categories. I get the question a lot about finding Christian therapists and really when you find one, what questions you need to ask for them. There are therapists that specialize in tons of different things. And so I really want to walk you all step by step on how to find one. Partially the reason I also want you to do this is so that you can feel empowered to find one for yourself. A lot of times we get referrals or get people that say, oh, you should go to this therapist, but what if you and that therapist don't mesh? Then how do you feel like you can be empowered to find someone new? What if you're someone who's gone to counseling or and the pandemic happened and your therapist didn't do therapy anymore? So what are some options that you have? So I really want to empower you during this time, especially since we're in a pandemic and a lot of us are at home on how you can find someone that is going to be perfect for you. So go to the link in the description and sign up for the webinar. Additionally, with that, when you sign up and pay, you will also receive my therapy reflection journal. I created this journal over two years. No, it's been almost three years now. Yeah. So almost three years ago, I made this therapy reflection journal. And basically it is your tool for counseling. So when you start counseling, you will have this. It is your best friend in counseling. So one of the best things that I invested in myself is taking the extra step in counseling to really delve deep after my sessions. And so this journal is designed specifically for you to take notes during sessions, take specific, specific notes on what you and your therapist discuss. Additionally, with that, following your sessions, you're able to journal and delve deep into it. It's not just aligned journal, sis. I give you prompts. I give you things to write about. I give you all of those things that you can do in this journal. So when you sign up for the webinar, you will receive that completely for free. Additionally, with free shipping, all of that stuff, I'll send it to you. So you definitely want to take advantage of this because I don't know when I'm going to do this again. And so I really want you to do it if you are considering going to counseling or looking for a therapist. So you'll get the webinar and additionally, you receive a free copy of the Therapy Reflection Journal once you sign up. I am super excited to teach. And when I teach, girl, I go in depth. So definitely sign up. The link will be in the show notes. And I cannot wait to share all of this goodness with you. Anyways, I love you all. And I will talk to you next week.